guys. Hi. Uh, hey guys. This is episode nine. My name's Macy, and you're listening to Reels and Records. But it's technically episode ten because today's episodes are a bit different. Um, today, today's a little bit of a double feature. Um, I'm releasing two episodes at the same time. It's of course your choice as to which episode you listen to first. But if you didn't listen to the Opp- um, Oppenheimer episode before this one, I'll add a small explanation. A little rundown recap, recapitulation. Um, I'm a huge fan of both of these films, so I'm not really here to compare the two of them. I think they're relatively incomparable. I, d- I have too much to say about both movies on their own, so there's no time to go on a rant about which I think is better. Um, so that's my little disclaimer, but moving on. I first want to cover all of my introduction bases. Um, I have a lot of things to preface this with. First of all, I grew up with Barbies. I grew up watching Barbie, Princess and the Popper, Barbie and the Nutcracker, The Island Princess, the entire Barbie Fairytopia series, The Twelve Dancing Princesses, all of it. And I'll still get drunk on nostalgia and tell you they're some of the best movies ever made. Second of all, Greta Gerwig is probably one of my biggest idols and has been since the moment I saw Little Women in theaters with my mom, my sister, and my grandma which makes me so excited to just go on and on about girlhood and motherhood and being a woman and how amazing and empowering it is. Uh, But we'll get there. Um, I had no doubt in my mind pre-Barbie that it was going to be an astonishing and empowering experience, and yet I was still blown away. Third of all, and this is kind of a combination of the two previous points, I'm exactly the target audience for this film. I understand completely that it didn't resonate with some people the way it did with me, and that's fine unless you're one of the people whose hatred stems from misogyny and bias. That's very uncool of you. I have my thoughts on how this movie and the term target audience aren't the best of friends, but I'll talk more about that later. Anyways, I'm a girl who loves Barbie, misses her mom, is suffocated by nostalgia every day of her life, and idolizes Greta Gerwig. Of course, it was going to destroy me. Oh, uh, here's a little fourth of all. In the Oppenheimer episode, I really focused in on the soundtrack of the film, but I have a feeling this one will be uh, slightly more focused on the movie itself and then the benefits of the soundtrack. The interesting part of this movie is that there was a lot of emphasis put on the soundtrack of the movie, and it is a soundtrack that is curated for the film from several different really popular artists. This maybe is the first movie where I'll have to differentiate between the soundtrack, the score, and a secret third option that I'll touch on later, which is a movie playlist released before the film with songs that inspired the movie or captured its essence. So to start off, let's start by talking about the soundtrack, the actual soundtrack, Barbie the Album. It's curated by Mark Ronson. Uh, the featured artists are Lizzo, Dua Lipa, Nicki Minaj, Ice Spice, Charlie XCX, uh, Carol G, Sam Smith, Tame Impala, Dominic Fike, Haim, Billie Eilish, The Kid Leroy, Khaled, Pink Panthers, Gale, Ava Max, 5050, and funny enough, Ryan Gosling. The first song is called Pink. It's by Lizzo, which was so fascinating to watch in the film because it's used throughout the entire opening sequence where Barbie is getting ready for her day. Um, the song aligns with the happenings in the scene, which is so unique. I think it's exactly the amount of playful self-awareness necessary to accomplish a movie like this. Uh, There are lots of songs on the soundtrack that are just perfectly manufactured to create the Barbie atmosphere. Of course, this applies to songs like Pink, Pink, the Bad Day version, um, and Dance the Night, which is used for the disco party scene pretty early on. 
But also there are songs that aren't necessarily built into the movie the way that those ones are. Songs like Speed Drive by Charlie XCX and Angel by Pink Panthers are neo-feminist pop perfection. Next, I want to talk about Ken. Ryan Gosling. Uh, he has his own handful of songs, which I think is amazing because no one else in the movie sings all their deepest thoughts and feelings. It's, it's just him. And speaking of that interesting and not thoroughly planned out phrasing of words, the first song of his is titled, I'm Just Ken. Absolutely breathtaking performance from Gosling with lyrics like, is it my destiny to live and die a life of blonde fragility? I've never been blonde, um, but there's just so much pain in his voice. <laughs> I can't help but feel it for him, feel the pain. I also just love the line, is it a crime? Am I not hot when I'm in my feelings? <laughs> I know this song is primarily a joke, um, but just like the movie, it plays off of that and becomes this really important commentary on expression and gender. I'm going to quote a TikTok, which is slightly embarrassing, but it was actually wildly profound. This person said, The hardest part about watching Barbie is knowing that there will be a huge majority of people who interpret it as a man-hating and anti-man film, when that could not be further from the truth. And how the audiences of people rejecting the real message of Barbie will be the same audience of people who need to hear the real message the most. The real message being the struggle of women and girlhood in a patriarchal society, and how not only does the patriarchy demean women, but strips men of their emotional validity, forcing men to grow up disconnected from themselves and their emotions, which only further perpetrates itself in a vicious cycle. Furthermore, how impor important it is to bridge the gap between genders to create a better world, not just for women abused by the patriarchy, but for the men as well. The film is truly for everyone. This dives head on into what I mentioned earlier, that there's no real target audience for this film. Everyone can pull something out of it. And I genuinely hate hearing that someone didn't like it because it was made for eight-year-old girls and their moms. Anyways, now I'm going to go straight into talking about the song that really carries the emotional content of the film. And that song is What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish. I remember hearing that Billie Eilish wrote a song for the Barbie movie and feeling... <laughs> some sort of cognitive dissonance because it made absolutely no sense to me. But I think this song is on a whole other level. I hear it now post Barbie and I'm instantly back there again in that full theater the night before the official release, surrounded by, surrounded by women in their cute little Barbie outfits, women who all feel so seen and so appreciated and so proud to be a woman, which for many was a first. It's a song that allows you to revisit your childhood self, to feel pain and grief and hope for that version of you. Which makes a nice transition into the score section of this episode because the song makes several appearances inside of the score, the melody of the song. Uh, track nine of the score is called Bus Stop Billy. <laughs> and it's basically an instrumental version of the same song. Um, it plays, of course, during the scene where Barbie is sitting at the bus stop and she's crying and she turns to the older lady next to her and tells her that she's beautiful. Um, the first time I saw this movie, something came over me during that scene because it was like 20 minutes in and all my tears just left my, left my eyes. And <laughs> it just all came flooding out and I couldn't tell you exactly why it hit such a soft spot in my heart. I just, it just did. The melody is also featured in track 11 called Meeting Ruth.
It's a timeless rendition of the song that plays in the scene where Barbie's just run through Mattel headquarters and finds herself in the kitchen with um, the creator of Barbie herself, Ruth Handler. The melody of this song is whistled, and the piano accompaniment is a sweet and memory-filled chord progression that ricochets similarly to the iconic and well-beloved Up soundtrack. Let's talk about track one of the Barbie score, the opening that sparked so much talk about the film so long ago. (laughs) The shot-for-shot recreation of one of the most iconic sequences in film history from Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, The track is called Creation of Barbie, and it begins as a musical replica of the original, um, the original scene. It then breaks into that punky disco dance track that starts the movie off on the highest of high notes. There's also another Kubrick reference in the film when Sasha asks if Barbie and her mom are shining with each other. Greta did an interview with Far Out magazine where she said, the only way it can be funny to me is if it's executed with the utmost integrity and excellence. Then it becomes both a funny idea and something more, she stated. I love Kubrick and his entire filmography is just staggering. But also there's something funny to me that he's also a paragon of a certain type of masculine filmmaking. The magazine then says she ended on a note of playful respect for the cinematic giant whose inspiration infused her creation in a way no one anticipated. I want to talk about the marketing overall for this movie because, oh my gosh, (laughs) it was spectacular. Especially the fact that the soundtrack was marketed so heavily on its own. The, The hot pink vinyl was a perfect idea and they did all these things. They did listening parties and released the singles before the movie release which created so much excitement surrounding the music alone. The only criticism I have is that Taylor Swift wasn't on the soundtrack, and I feel like she would mesh so well with the rest of the songs, and the audiences that listen to her are the exact same as the ones that adore this movie. Um, It was sort of going around that there was a possibility of her being on the soundtrack, Um, and that is because one of her songs is on the playlist of songs that inspired or went along with the movie really well. So let's talk about that playlist. Some standout songs in this playlist are Girls Just Wanna Have Fun by Cyndi Lauper, Spice Up Your Life by the Spice Girls, Closer to Fine by the Indigo Girls, which has a pretty heavy cameo in this movie, um, Boys a Liar Part Two by Pink Panthers and I Spice, um, a handful of du- uh, Dua Lipa songs, a Maisie Peters song, which um, it's called Lost the Breakup, which I love because Maisie Peters owned me and my friends in high school. And it's really cool to see her Grow, um, Prima Donna by Marina and the Diamonds, Material Girl by Madonna, Dollhouse by Melanie Martinez, and uh, It's Different by Taylor Swift. A million more songs, too, that capture the empowering feminine energy that Barbie embodies. Uh, I'm really going to vouch for It's Different because there's a line in it that says, I used to switch out these Kens. I'd just ghost, rip off the Band-Aid, and skip town like an asshole outlaw, which, if you've seen the movie, is overwhelmingly accurate to the plot. The playlist was such a perfect step to take in formulating a buzz around the movie. Um, Such a massive chunk of the genius marketing for this movie is centered around the music in it. And that alone shows just how important music is. People care about music. It speaks to them and it connects them to each other and to the film. People have been calling the soundtrack a cultural phenomenon. It became the center of so many minds and created such a strong impression on society before the movie was ever even released or fully understood because they didn't really say anything about the plot of the movie before it came out. And when the movie did come out, 
its grip on society became even stronger. Songs like Speed Drive by Charlie XCX and Barbie World with Nicki Minaj, Ice Spice, and Aqua absolutely strangled the charts and had such a wild impact on everyone. Plus, they made the choice to sample the original Barbie Girl song, which was the perfect melting pot of nostalgia. Speed Drive is insane, too. It's like a musical drug that sends your adrenaline over the charts. This episode is so scattered because I keep jumping around so much, but I absolutely love Angel by Pink Pantheras. Uh, yet another song that makes me just feel absolutely unruly explosions of pure joy. And maybe, maybe it's the small percentage of Irish ancestors in me jumping out for that little Irish jig, but the Heim song too, it's called Home. It has these synthy arpeggio runs that just, they give me butterflies to listen to. And the Tame Impala song, such a cool integration into the film. It's called Journey to the Real World, and it's perfect. It's just perfect. It feels so groovy and sick, and it's, it's the perfect transitional song. I don't think I've ever witnessed a movie release that had the same impact pre and post release that this one did. I remember for weeks after feeling this insane burst of femininity and unity and love, the amount of people leaning into their girlhood and appreciating the power behind it and learning to see the unification of girlhood and womanhood in everyday life. I'm just so head over heels for what this film means to women and girls. I'm in love with what it means for everyone, especially those who were previously close-minded, being introduced to this kind of female empowerment in a way that's digestible and not overcomplicated enough to shut down growth. It also made me miss my mom, and I know it brought a lot of positive light to motherhood and motherly figures, which is something I personally think is so necessary in the film industry today. I'm a massive feminist, and I think sometimes it gets mixed in with a lot of preordained ideas, um, being a feminist does, like man-hating and being anti-motherhood, but I think Greta handled that so beautifully with this movie, and I'm really thankful for that. That's all I'm going to say today. Um, this is definitely shorter than the Oppenheimer episode, but um, I hope that the message got through to you, and I hope that you got a solid hold on my undying appreciation and affinity for this movie. It genuinely meant so much to me. Um, until next time. Actually, first, this is super fun to do, and I think, I don't know, I feel like the Barbenheimer craze was kind of one of a kind, um, so I might not be able to do this again, like a little double feature, but it was really fun, and I'm glad I got to, because that was, it was hard. I will say it was very hard, but I'm glad I did it. So, until next time, I hope your music is amazing and wonderful and fulfilling and happy, um, and I hope you have a really great day today. I'll see you guys. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>